Alright, well, we're recording, so we better get moving here. How's everybody doing on podcast land? I clicked that button to record a little sooner than I wanted, but we'll get this all running and rolling. Is the video going to work tonight? Maybe, maybe not. There it goes. Alright. So, how's everyone? Welcome along to the panic attack. This is Big John. And, oh, pardon me. I am available for you on Twitter and Getter at the real underscore Big John. Uh, so, start out tonight with uh, this story. Some wrestling and then a feel-good story about a boy and a dog. And then we'll get into Joe Biden's horse shit here in a minute. Uh, Evidently, lady wrestler extraordinaire and uh, lovely young lady, Jordan Grace, uh, had some remarks about Chris Benoit. I don't really know what prompted this. But she had a pretty long Twitter tirade, I guess. Uh, I just listened to some sampling, or yeah, samplings of it on the Jim Cornette experience, and he laid into her pretty uh, harshly. So let's see here. W. On a side note. Uh, The WWE has shut off John Laurinaitis' company cell phone number. So it looks like Mr. Laurinaitis will be gone from WWE pretty soon. Uh, Vince McMahon did not rip up the script before WWE SmackDown this week. Vince was all smiles at WWE SmackDown. So, I don't think Vince should be smiling too much lately. He's he's not in a good place. Johnny Ace is a pervert and a asshole to begin with. Um, before I get into this whole Jordan Grace and uh, Chris Benoit thing, Let me tell you something. Jordan is a good, a good-looking lady. Uh, I almost bought her calendar last year, but uh, she sold out of the, the more risque version, so I, I didn't. I didn't want the boring version. I wanted the good one. Anyways, not that that matters. Uh, I want to say I think she's an attractive girl. Jim Cornette did definitely definitely did not say that about Jordan Grace. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, she spells Jordan J O R D Y N N E. But she's come a long way in wrestling. I've followed her for a few years. 
Uh, she's always been a, a powerhouse, buff, strong lady. Um, she's she's married now, I do believe, and uh, she's lost a lot of weight. Uh, she's really leaned out and gotten buffer. <laughs> so, Cornette really laid into her about her weight, and she's not overweight. Um, so, this is from uh, ringsidenews.com. And I saw this before I listened to the Jim Cornette Experience rant. Uh, anyways, Jordan Grace recently made some comments about the in-ring abilities of the late Chris Benoit that left a lot of fans and wrestlers upset. Grace said Benoit would not be able to keep up with wrestlers of today. Something positive has come uh, out of the backlash after Jordan met with Benoit's son, David, as well as Chavo Guerrero to discuss the situation. Uh, David Benoit, if you get a chance, find um, Dark Side of the Ring, Chris Benoit episode. It's on YouTube. Uh, it's a Vice TV series. But... Uh, David Benoit idolizes his dad. Um, he knew his dad before Chris became the monster that killed his son and wife. Um, I was a big Chris Benoit fan until this happened. I can honestly say I, I can't be a Chris Benoit fan now. Um... We don't know what happened in that house. We don't know why it happened. Well, we know what happened, but we don't know why. They can say brain damage all they want to. Uh, Post-concussion syndrome, CTE, all these other things. But we don't know, truthfully, what happened. Okay? Let's talk about Jordan Grace for a minute. She announced that after speaking to Benoit, Chavo, and Chris Jericho, David Benoit, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Jericho, she has pledged $5,000 to the Concussion Legacy Foundation. Jordan said she is aware of the damage she caused and, after reflection, hopes to try to make it right. Last week, I made an irresponsible, unnecessary tweet. Regardless of how my personal emotions influence my opinion, I should have recognized the impact my words would have on friends and family close to the situation. I was completely thoughtless in that regard. Uh, since reflecting in the past week, I reached out privately to friends and family that I angered or hurt. Among those were David Benoit, Chavo Guerrero, and Chris Jericho, who are supporting me in the decision to partner and fundraise with the Concussion Legacy Foundation uh, 
formerly the Sports Legacy Institute. I have pledged $5,000 with the overall campaign goal of $20,000. So Impact Wrestling must be paying her a pretty penny. Well, good job, Jordan, for that. I'm acutely aware of the damage that has been done. I would never intentionally add on to the suffering of those already dealing with such a traumatic event. And I am sorry for my insensitivity and aggravating this already delicate topic. This is my way of attempting to squeeze something positive out of the negative situation I I created. Thank you in advance to everyone who donates. So uh, then it gives up, there's a link. I'll post the whole ringside news story on my Twitter and Gatter at the real underscore big John. And you can click on that link and then the link to the donation thing. Um, not able to hang with today's wrestlers. Um, that's kind of where I focus and differ with her. Uh, Chris Benoit, no doubt, could have out-wrestled whatever today's wrestlers are, whoever she's referring to. And I don't know exactly who she means. Because uh, to me, it's it doesn't seem like it's been that long since Chris Benoit committed those murders and you know ended his life. But Chris Benoit was considered ahead of his time, Jordan. Furthermore, he saying he couldn't he wouldn't be able to remember matches. In Chris Benoit's day, they might have had a spot here or there that they predetermined. But Chris Benoit was one of the ones that could call it on the fly. And that's part of the art of wrestling. Yeah, you can put on a match that ooze and awes us that's all planned out ahead of time. I guess. I mean, I've been wowed by many different wrestling matches. But when I think of the greatest matches of all time, or the greatest wrestlers, there were people that called it on the fly. Ric Flair. Ricky Steamboat. Chris Benoit. Well, I guess I'm not allowed to say he's one of the all-time great wrestlers, but... Eddie Guerrero. You know, Dusty Rhodes. Because if the crowd wasn't into the 957 acrobatic spots, then what do you do? You know, Shane Douglas told the story about, you know, he and... Uh, Ricky Steamboat when they were champions might go on last and Steamboat didn't feel he gave the fans a match unless he went 40 or 45 minutes and how Douglas would watch the people in the front row 
the beginning of the match, they were kind of like, eh, okay, it's, it's almost, we've watched two or three hours of wrestling, it's, it's almost over, we're tired. And then about ten minutes into the match, they'd sit up in their chairs and start paying attention. By the 20 minute mark, Ricky Steamboat had them sucked into the match. He had their full attention for the next 20 minutes. That's being a good wrestler. Other people might like different things in wrestling. I personally, I do like Jordan Grace's matches. However, she maps them out. Uh, I like Tessa Blanchard, in spite of some people who think she's the antichrist of wrestling. Uh, you know, I like the young bucks to an extent. And part of their, their, their shtick is to get me to hate them. So, there's a part of me goes, am I being a mark because I hate the Young Bucks at times? Or am I truly not interested in their style of wrestling? Because there comes a point where, yeah, this flip combo acrobat thing is really cool. But I'm sitting here going, that's not believable. I can see that they're faking. And you all hate when we call wrestling fake. But when you can see that it's obvious that these two people are stand one standing still so this guy can do his flip spot and then this guy would flip the opposite direction, take the bump, and then do his flippy spot while the other guy waits for him to do his flippy spot, then it's not real to me because, yeah, I'm amazed by the athleticism, but I'm not enthralled by saying, wow, that was a believable contest, and that ruins the whole match because even though you know it's predetermined, when they come out and just do fake shit it takes away from the predetermined aspect there's no I guess there's still a mystery or an illusion who's going to win but it's like yeah you did some awesome acrobatics that I couldn't do at least not right now but it wasn't believable. So, uh, I'm glad Jordan apologized. I, I can't say I disagree with much of what she said. I mean, what Chris Benoit did was terrible. I don't really care what Chris Jericho or Chavo or David think. Um, of course, they don't care what I think either, so... But anyway, props to Jordan for taking this effort to uh, apologize and uh, do a little to right, make things right with the people she offended. And I think she might also be doing this to not get blackballed from the wrestling business. Because, you know, Chris Benoit, Chavo, 
especially Chris or Chris Jericho. Getting my Chris's confused. Chris Jericho, Chavo, but especially Jericho has a lot of influence uh, throughout the wrestling business. So, moving right along, let's cheer us ourselves up. I saw this and it just warmed my heart, this other story. If it'll pull up, there it goes. Yeah. This website's called littlethings.com. It says, frantic, excuse me, frantic hunt for missing boy ends when he's found with a dog standing guard over him. I've always said and I always will say animals, dogs have a special sense. They know when something's wrong. They know to protect people. Uh, and it's just, they're amazing. Not all. Some are mean. Some have been abused, such. But sometimes I think dogs are, are little angels, our guardian angels. Uh, it says here, the search was on when six-year-old Caden Leach disappeared from his home in Belmont County, Tennessee in 2018. He'd last been seen wearing a black t-shirt, gray sweatpants, slip-on shoes. Also missing was one of Caden's family dogs, a small black and white terrier. That's got to be the scariest thing in the world for a parent or any close friend or family member to have a child go missing. Um, you know, because you don't know. Like, did they wander off? Were they kidnapped? What happened? Large-scale search operation began at 7 o'clock in the evening. 100 first responders, 2,000-acre remote area of mountainous terrain. Uh, sheriff's spokeswoman told WVLT, We've had resources out all night and we're being assisted by the military who searched the area at the top of the world by the black by the way of Black Hawk helicopters with FLIR technology. We had boots on the ground all night. Then about 22 hours after Caden's disappearance, sheriff deputies uh, spotted a little boy half a mile away from his home. And a closer look, they got louder, or, and the closer they got, the louder sound of growling became. Caden wasn't alone. In fact, he was accompanied by his guardian angel. I hope there's more to this article. It just kind of stopped right there. Well, I guess they want me to watch their video, which I'm not going to. But the guardian angel is this little furry mutt dog uh, that was watching over the boy. Uh... Let's see if we can hear this. Oh, there's going to be a commercial. Hold on. All right, here it goes. 22-hour search. 
Six-year-old Caden Leach disappeared last night near the top of the world area in Blunt County. The Blunt County Sheriff's Office led that search, and late this afternoon, investigators announced they found the boy safe with his dog. 10 News reporter Louis Fernandez joins us now live in Blunt County. Louis, investigators say that dog actually protected that young boy. Yeah, John Robin, can you believe it? It's it's almost absurd the differences in emotions just in a couple of minutes here uh, atop the world community. That dog was protecting the young boy when he was found. Uh, the searchers actually tried to approach the young boy. They tried to approach Caden, and the dog started growling. It's it's really it's an incredible story. It's almost something you would hear in a book or in a movie. Now, for the searchers, they really wanted to thank all of those who helped, all those who cooperated. That included the TBI, the FBI, uh, Blunt County Sheriff's Department, Blunt County Fire Department, Blunt County Search and Rescue Team, and Blunt County Chief Deputy Jeff French. He, he really was emotional when thanking all of those involved. I want to thank all these men and women who spent the last 20-some hours out here in the the dark, the cold, the rain, uh, had the TBI, the team on FBI, Blount County Fire Department, Blount County Rescue Squad. It was a team effort and we couldn't have, couldn't have done it without all the help. Now I have to make sure to give Deputy Daniel Self a little bit of credit. He was the one holding the dog, taking care of it, trying to give it some water uh, at the very end there once both the dog and the young boy had been found. So great news here for the top of the world community. Really a, a complete 180 from how things were just an hour, an hour and a half ago. So I'll go ahead and send it back to you. We'll have more at six. Huge sigh of relief, Lewis, certainly for that community and our entire community. Thank you. Yeah, I, a missing Blunt County boy it, is sick. That, that's definitely a, a heartwarming story. It's interesting to find out why he wandered off. Uh, he was found about a half a mile from his home. Uh, that's that's pretty cool. The dog protected the boy. So let's break and we'll come back with some more depressing shit. How's that sound? All right. All right here it goes. Let's listen to this shit. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Uh, tell me I lost it. Hold on a second. I get my technologically to cooperate here. Okay, here it is. The Biden administration is telling hospitals across the country that under federal law, they must provide abortion services if the mother's life is at risk. So there you go. Um, that's a lot of bit redundant. Most uh, of these state abortion laws already have an exemption in them for the uh, time if the mother's life is at risk. I say most. I have not seen one so far that does not give that exemption already. Uh, so today Biden, as he promised, issued an order 
Uh, let's watch that again, because... Actually, I don't. I remember now. So, the Department of Health and Human Services put down a ruling... How does the Department of Health and Human Services issue a ruling or an opinion that overreaches a state legislature's authority or the Supreme Court's authority? Uh, this is commonsensical if the life of the mother is at risk. Obviously, you have to go through with the abortion. But, again, just like when the Supreme Court struck down the uh, Environmental Protection Agency's right to make and enforce policy because they're not elected legislators, this is another time when they, they had to find a way around the reversal of Roe versus Wade and they uh, they meaning the Biden administration went to a bureaucracy and said oh hey you know uh, make a decision and make a make a ruling that's not what the bureaucracy does Fox News has this article up and this is more Democrats smoke and mirrors because nobody's going to argue with this. I am not arguing with this. Biden cited story of 10-year-old Ohio rape victim needing abortion still not verified by fact checkers. Okay. So, don't hold it against me because this is a Fox News story. Biden actually said this. A story first published in the Indianapolis Star about a 10-year-old rape victim who was forced to cross state lines to get a life-saving abortion was repeated by President Biden last week. But the widely shared story is facing increasing skepticism and hasn't been verified by even left-leaning fact-checkers. During a White House speech announcing an executive order meant to protect access to abortion, Biden told the story of a young girl uh, allegedly was six weeks pregnant when she left Ohio to get an abortion in neighboring Indiana. The story in question was first reported in the Indy Star uh, article headlined, Ohio has strict, or pardon me, as Ohio restricts abortions, 10-year-old girl travels to Indiana for procedure. Quote, on Monday, three days after the Supreme Court issued its groundbreaking decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, Dr. Caitlin Bernard an Indianapolis obstetrician gynecologist took a call from a colleague, a child abuse doctor in Ohio. The piece began, After 
the Supreme Court action, the Buckeye State had outlawed any abortion after six weeks. Now the doctor had a 10-year-old patient in his office who was six weeks and three days pregnant. Oh, man, she was just... If she would have just got to the doctor's office four days earlier. (sighs) Using children for propaganda or potentially using children as propaganda makes no sense. Okay? We don't know that this story is true or not. The Ohio law, the heartbeat bill, to my recollection, doesn't totally outlaw abortion after six weeks. You have to go through a rigorous process of you know getting an ultrasound, listening to the baby's heartbeat, getting information and other information. Uh, getting information on adoption and other options. But if it's a 10-year-old, I'm kind of going to say they're going to err on the side of the, quote, mother's life is at risk. So it says, no other details about the girl's situation are mentioned in the story. And Bernard, who went on the record, was the only source... Uh, was the only source. Biden cited the story when he signed an executive order on abortion access last week, saying the 10-year-old was forced to travel out of state to Indiana to seek to terminate the pregnancy and maybe save her life. What an ass clown. What a pair of clown shoes this guy is. Nobody, but nobody, wants to see a raped 10-year-old girl carry a baby to term. We are not that evil of monsters. According to Planned Parenthood's own statistics, by the way, they, they say that there has to you well, the abortion rights... People, the pro-abortionists say that there have to be exceptions for rape and incest. From Planned Parenthood, the number of abortions or the percentage of abortions that are conducted each year that are attributed to rape is 0.085%. That's almost half of a per... That's, no, that's less than half of a percent. They also say, the abortion, pro-abortion folks, say we have to make the case or the exception for incest. According to Planned Parenthood, 
the number one abortion facility in America, incest accounts for 0.001% of abortions. But this is a, a true scumbag. This doctor is a scumbag. Obviously, we cannot sit here. I cannot sit here. You can't sit there. Fox News can't say, well, give us the identity of the 10-year-old. They're playing us. They are playing us. Because you can't, you, they don't think you can fight this. And I'm not trying to fight the fact that, yes, a 10-year-old girl who is pregnant is at an extremely high risk. She's probably hit puberty very recently. Some girls do hit puberty at 9 or 10 years old. I, as a male, hit puberty in the 4th or 5th grade. And it was traumatic for me. I didn't know what was going on with my body. I didn't know why I had hair in weird places. I didn't know why... Uh, I don't want to say little John uh, I don't know why I would get erections at weird times y you know like awkward times like in the middle of class in school and I like to wear I used to always wear sweatpants until I got to the age of school where we were no longer allowed to wear sweatpants every day at school which I think is a stupid rule, but anyway. Um, and I had teachers go to the office and report me for having an erection in my sweatpants. I wasn't doing anything. They could see me sitting there in class with my hands above my desk. I didn't cause that. So I can understand where these little girls are confused about why their privates are bleeding or why they have hair or why they're starting to develop breasts. I can feel for that. And that's what the Biden and this uh, doctor who told this story to the Indy Star are playing on. They're playing on our emotions. Oh, you want to take away a little girl's ability to get an abortion when how can a 10-year-old raise a baby? Yeah, she can't. Her body probably cannot sustain that extra burden, that extra life also. I almost said burden. But was this story true? They don't, we're, they don't think we're allowed to question the truth or the validity of the story. Well, when the President of the United States goes out and uses it as an example to sign an executive order or uses it as his reason for signing an order then it's in play if this story is true we nobody means any harm to this little girl uh, the person that raped her should be harmed severely and and severely I mean I should get to put hands on this man uh, he should be stoned to death in the public square but no one means any harm to this alleged 10-year-old girl. But that's that's their little game. That's the left wing's little game. 
oh, we're just looking out for the children. We just want to keep them safe. Except for when it comes to keeping them safe from drag queen show strippers. Until it becomes time to keep them safe from the pedophiles. And that's coming, folks. Grown-ass men and women are going to start fighting for their right to express their love for children. I smirk, but it's not funny. It's coming. They're laying the path for it. And believe me, it ain't happening. Even trans people are like, fuck no, you ain't doing that shit. <laughs> there are even drag queens that are like, uh, the stuff I do or not is not appropriate for children. So what kind of drag queen or what kind of person is out there shaking their body like a stripper on a pole for a child? And what kind of parent is taking their child to drag queen strip time? But anyways, this is all a play on our hearts and our emotions to make us feel bad try to make us feel guilty that we're trying to force 10 year old girls that have been raped by monsters to carry children to term and, and things like that and I don't believe that this story is true I just don't so, fuck you Joe Biden for even bringing this out because if it is true you, you used a little child to get your political agenda across. Moving right along. Something I've been screaming for years and years and years and years and years. Eons and eons. Since uh, I do recollect around 2009 or 12, I started doing this online call-in radio talk show format that that was the early version of podcasting I've been saying this over and over uh, why wasn't Prit Pritziger Pritz Pritzker, furious about mass shootings in black Chicago. I've been saying a long time, why are we not upset about the black-on-black black murder in our inner cities? You could switch out Chicago for New York, Detroit, Cleveland, Akron, Youngstown. Pittsburgh, uh, Pritz, Pritzker is the governor of Chicago. It looks a lot like Governor Christie, or Chris Christie. All Illinoisans got was an election season lip service from Gov. J.B. Pritzker. You're going to be people who say 
or wait a second, he says, quote, there are going to be people who say today is not the day. Now is not the time to talk about guns. I'm telling you there's no better day. There's no better time. Pritzker said shortly after seven people were shot dead and dozens wounded, hoping, I assume, to sound like the future candidate for U.S. president. Oh, hey, I was trying to think of some of the other uh, clown shoes that the Democrats could run for president. Oh, maybe this uh, Pritzker is one of them. Pritzker, obviously politically pandering, made headlines, but gave, but given his track record, isn't likely, uh, it isn't likely his hubris, uh, he's not going to reduce any, <laughs> any mass shootings or reduce the number of guns, is what they said. Okay, I had to paraphrase what they were saying. During his first term, Pritzker has regularly shouted of injustice and inequity while failing to deliver on promises, particularly in poor minority enclaves. He is a proven purveyor of fakeity, fake equality, I think is what that's supposed to mean. So, this uh, Pritzker was on State of the Union with Jake Tapper on Clinton News Network. Uh, he responded to black people who say mass shootings in poor minority communities don't get the same attention as the massacre in Highland Park, where about 90% of the residents are white, and the median household income is 160 $47,000. Quote, well, I can speak at least for myself. I'm not giving more attention to one than the other, Pritzker told CNN. Okay, you've been governor for a term. What have you done for inner city Chicago? What's, what's, uh, pardon me, what's Merit Lori Light? foot or lightning foot or whatever the hell it is Beetlejuice <laughs> what's she done for inner city Chicago or the poor minority sections of Chicago they don't do anything they complain about let's take from the rich and give to the poor let's you know ban guns they're not doing anything to help the generational poverty that it leads to the crime, the drugs, the murders in the inner city neighborhoods. And if they did do something about it, they wouldn't have a voter base, so they can't do anything about it. They just have to keep blaming other people and hope that poor minorities will keep voting for them. Am I right or am I right? God bless you all. Pray for one another. Um, thanks for watching, listening, and whatever you were doing. Just found some things in the news that I had some opinions on. Thought I'd share those opinions with you guys. Comment, like, share, subscribe, all that hootenanny shit that I'm supposed to say.
most importantly, God bless you. Have a good day.